1: Thanks for joining me today. We're going to do something very interesting. We're going behind the scenes of a new play to speak to the director and two cast members. The play is The Sex Myth, a devised play. It's opening in downtown New York at the Here Theater on August 16th. Now, the story behind the play comes from the book by journalist Rachel Hills. It's a non-fiction book, and it's called The Sex Myth, The Gap Between Our Fantasies and Reality. Rachel actually discussed this book as a guest on Psych Up Live. What she reveals is that she was measuring herself by the cultural expo- expectation that we must be sexy and sexually active in order to feel like an adequate human being. With research across 10 countries, Rachel finds out actually this is a myth. The world is not hooking up and she's neither alone nor a loser. But many people are trapped by culturally imposed definitions of sexuality. This is where the play takes off because the sex myth, a devised play, starts here and adds to this thesis the personal monologues and collaboratively creative vignettes of a cast that dares to question cultural myths and dares to redefine perceptions of self, sex, relationships, and identity. Let me introduce you to our guests. Ham L- Larson is the creator and founding director of the sex myth a devised play. She is a graduate of the theater program at Northeastern University, and she is bringing her training in voice, movement, devised theater, and yoga to this production. Nan Koramoto describes herself as an actor, comedian, and feminist art slut. She's a rising senior at Northeastern, where she's performed in many, many productions. She's the editor-in-chief of The Avenue, and you can hear Nan at Mike's in New York City, in Boston, or on her theater-centric podcast entitled, Where's Julie? And our third cast member is Yari Jones. Yari is a black, trans, multifaceted artist living in New York. You have probably seen Yari because she has starred in musical theaters like the production of High School the Musical, Ragtime, and she just completed a two-year run of In the Heights. Yari had a career as a fashion and photographer, but she quickly became an internationally recognized p- person as an LGBTQ and body positive public Figure in front of the camera. She has been featured in Teen Vogue, Nylon, and The Advocate for her insight on fashion within politics, body positivity, and LGBTQ community building. Hannah, Nan, and Yari, it is my great pleasure to welcome you today to Psych Up Live. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so let's get started. We'll start with you, Hannah, Um, for our listeners, because they're probably wondering, what is a devised play? Sure. Uh, so basically,
2: devised theater is, comes from a more experimental aspect. The script is usually created by the group of people who are going to perform the piece, the person who might be directing it. It doesn't necessarily come from the playwrights or a set of writers who are creating the piece. And usually the work is created from a lot of improvisational techniques.
1: Okay, and that's uh, the type of momentum and co-collaboration that happened for this particular play. Absolutely. Okay, now what made you decide you were going to direct this? It's quite a feat. Um, What made you decide to do this? Um, well, there were a series of events
2: that that led up to it, and the, the, the catalyst for it was when I went to go see Rachel's workshop. She was touring uh, after her book had been published uh, in the fall of 2015, and um, I went just sort of as a research aspect, because I was in this play called The House of Bernarda Alba, which Nan, who's also being interviewed today, was in, um, and... Basically, it just completely blew my mind. In the span of two hours, I realized that I could talk about sex in, in a more academic way, um, and the, the idea of you know all these norms and cultural expectations around sex. Uh, I realized that they were just norms. They didn't. They weren't not. They were not necessarily set in stone, and so. After that, I stayed in touch with Rachel, and I took a devised theater course uh, the spring after that, and the idea came to me when there was a grant opportunity at Northeastern to create a project, and so I asked for Rachel's permission to adapt the book into a devised piece,
1: and she hopped right on board. She was really excited about it. Terrific. So I know we're going to get back to this, but just a quick question what was the most unexpected experience or feeling you had in directing this cast? Um, well in the in the
2: most in the first iterations of it the the most unexpected thing was that uh, I had no idea that it was going to have such a huge effect on both the cast and the audiences. and then in this iteration of it, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it was. Um also just how affected I have been by these stories. I've been deeply moved and excited and changed by the stories in the cast uh, this time around.
1: Okay, thank you. Nan, um let me ask you, I it, it's by my experience that comedians are some of the most honest people in the world. And <laughs> you be you, you and you were already were were doing that and you chose to be in the play. So if I were to say to you, did the story you tell yourself, Nam, about yourself change as a result of your experience of being part of the cast here?
3: Yeah,
4: um, one of the really interesting things about this process is that it really um, showed me the difference between how I am on stage as a comedian and like, my inner experiences and emotions. Because when I do stand-up, most of my, my... My biggest goal is to be funny and to make someone laugh. So sometimes I don't necessarily have to face my deepest, darkest thoughts as long as I could kind of analyze the world for humor. But in this case, since that wasn't the end goal, the end goal was for me to actually face some of the fears I had about sex or the things that I generally opt to not talk about. And um, and it was, i although I was, like, really scared of it at the beginning, I realized how cathartic it was as well and how actually accepting people were of those parts of me. And mm-hmm. um, I started to think more about what, more can I bring to my stand-up as well to make it even more personal.
1: Now, what would you say was the factor that either your director, Hannah, was providing or this group of collective Mm -hmm. um, performers, what was was the factor that you would say helped you the most in sharing things you never thought you'd share? Um, So...
4: At our first rehearsal already, Hannah had um, created kind of a board where we wrote down our commitments to each other, um, both the production team and the cast members, um, and it included a lot of things about respecting each other's processes and being open to everybody's stories. And immediately after that, maybe even just like an hour into rehearsal, people were already sharing stories and um, things about themselves where they were like, oh, I didn't even know I was going to talk about this today, but I guess we're going to have seven to eight weeks of just worrying about each other, so (laughs) let's go for it. And people just jumped in so quickly, and everyone else hearing um, everyone's anecdotes their thoughts were just so open and um, understanding and really willing to let other people's stories affect them and change them.
1: It sounds terrific. And it almost sounds like when you posted the notes, it was like a commitment that developed a sense of trust. Uh, You were really starting to become a group. Thank you so much. Yari, let, let me ask you in a similar way. Now, you come already with a presence in musical theater, Uh, You're recognized internationally as a figure in the LGBTQ community um, and for a positive body. What was it that made you join this cast? What did you think or feel was different?
5: Um, I definitely think it was um, the topic um, of of sex and sex in politics, I guess. Um, uh, In media today or in society's media um we really don't hear the stories of trans folks and we um kind of based our assumptions off what we see in just uh comedic um comedic media or media that's not very positive so i felt like this show allowed me to um really put out a story um an experience um And it's coming from the source. It's coming from someone who has the experience and not someone who's just, oh, this is what trans people feel or this is what trans people go through. Um, You're getting, like, uh, the real story, the the, the meat of it. um, And it's authentic. I think that's the biggest thing is how authentic this story is. Um, This show is going to uh, put out uh, the stories or these narratives of all these people.
1: Let me ask you this, as a trans woman, do you have the sense, I was thinking about this last night, that, Yari, that without realizing it, people transition into the actual cultural myths and expectations that Rachel wrote about? That is, do they feel on some level, even without really thinking it, that they unconsciously When they make the transition, they actually start defining themselves by conventional cultural expectations of men and women, or are they freer in their definitions, do you think?
5: Um, I I think it's a mixture of both. I I think we do live in the society we do live in, so um, it's easy to adhere to those uh, cultural expectations. Um, But I think with shows like this... um, because you're speaking so personally, um, you get to see how those expectations kind of hinder you. Um, what it is to, to be a woman, what it means, and what, as me, a trans woman, um, those expectations are put on me. And then I realize, you know, later on in life, or the more I become further into my truth, that um, I, I'm kind of going through the same things that cis women are going through. And um, and then you you find out then that maybe um, or I should be fighting those same societal norms as well, going against them. Uh,
1: That's that's so interesting. Do you feel that as a result of your experience, Yari, you changed in ways you didn't expect?
5: In in transition or within the show?
1: Within the show.
5: Um, most definitely, I, 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 I'm usually very, I'm not as transparent, but the more work I've done with body positivity, I've been that way, especially around body image, but with my transness, it's kind of just been this thing that's kind of, I don't know, kind of this overhead of everything, like, you know, you know, it's there, you know, I talk about it at times, but I think this show really digs deep of the experience of being um, trans in America, of being black and trans in America, um, and navigating uh, navigating those spaces um, of society that you know kind of wants to put you in a bubble, that kind of wants to say you're this way or say you're that way, and not letting yourself um, express how you want to.
1: Terrific. We're going to take a brief break, and you've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're speaking to the director and two cast members of The Sex Myth, a devised play opening this August in New York. It's based on the book by Rachel Hills, The Sex Myth, and we're speaking with Hannah Larson, Nan Kuramoto, and Yari Jones. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voice
3: what's your coffee story the one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting it's where you share your memories plan for the future and talk about the now my favorite coffee story is here with host aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you're considering adoption, there are a lot of questions that you may have which need to be answered by families that have adopted, by the adoptees themselves, and by professionals. Tune in to Adoption Unscripted with your host, Micah Johnson. We bring you many of the answers you're looking for. There are so many resources and advocates in the field of adoption. It's a life-changing experience across the board. We hope you'll tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety.
0: Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What is your purpose? In the journey that we call life, our values are pre-programmed into us before we're born. During our lives, we pick up life's lessons and soul connections along the way. We explore this path on Soul Sessions with Solstice, featuring hosts Delena Davis and Rita McRae. Our program is designed to help you more confidently live from your heart and not just your head. Tune in live for Soul Sessions with Solstice, every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand
2: 24-7.
0: You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're here with Director...
1: Hannah Larson and two cast members um, from the new opening play, The Sex Myth, a devised play based on Rachel Hill's book, The Sex Myth. And we were talking part of the way that this play was co created is through the collaboration of stories and um, monologues that these performers worked on over and over and over again until they are presenting what probably will be very smooth for us to hear but have tremendous feelings and work behind them. So I was asking um, our guests during the break, I was wondering, uh, Hannah, when you're dealing with a group of people, they're all performers, but in this case, they were reaching into very personal issues. They were reaching into, if you're going to reach into your definition of Um, sex or sexual orientation or your gender expression, often you you look and reach for the history of that. And with that can come pain, shame, victory, etc. So I actually wondered if in the group there was sometimes enactments, clashes, oversharing that then a particular cast member had difficulty with? I thought I'd ask you to start out answering it, and I wondered if Anand and Yari could also weigh in. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: Yeah, I think there has definitely been a series of different responses to the work that we've been doing. Um, It's ranged from you know, everyone supporting each other and building each other up when someone opens up about something, uh, to tears coming, to moments where, you know, we need to stop for a moment because there are tears. Um, There hasn't necessarily been a pushback of any kind, and I think uh, I tend to take a lot of awareness and I try and really listen to when those moments might happen to where a conversation, and it happened early on in the process because we had a lot of discussion-based rehearsals. And so sometimes our conversations would veer out into other places and then I would need to steer them back just so we could find Um, some centeredness in the work. So there definitely have been responses, but it's not hindered the work in any kind of way. In fact, I think it's useful because that's where we kind of find our edges, and that's where we find uh, what stories are really most uh, powerful to tell. Um, You know, there have been cases where some cast members have avoided wanting to talk about particular issues, and they will... They like in the past when we were early on developing the monologues, um, some people did sort of sidestep some of the issues that they didn't want to talk about, but we were all there to kind of coax some of it out or to see um, what was important and worth telling. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> and how about you, Nah? What was your experience? Did you at times worry about clashing with other cast members or was the disclosing... Supported?
4: Um, like I said earlier, um, I always felt pretty supportive by all the cast members. Um, like um like Hannah was saying, there were some moments in the first part of the process where it was mostly discussion based where there would be some differences in opinions and like the air would get a little bit tense, but I think the fact that we made that commitment to each other to respect each other's ideas and where we come from really helped in those moments because no matter what, where the conversation was going, the way people handled it was very democratic and really, really listening to each other. And we've also kind of gotten. Um, like started this thing where we just hug each other all the time, you know? (laughs) And sometimes they're, like in some people's monologues, there are moments where we have to reenact negative experiences that they had. So I would have to say some horrible things that I would never think about that cast member. And, And after each iteration, we always make sure to hug each other and tell each other that we love each other Um, to kind of come out of that place, you know?
1: Well, so that we give our listeners a little bit of a trailer here, Nan, what, could I ask you, would you be comfortable telling us what was something you share in your monologue that you never expected to share? Could you give us a glimpse?
4: Um, yeah, so, I was, um, let see. Oh, uh, one of the things that I talk extensively in my monologue is that I recently got married. And um, most of the time when people ask me about how, like, newly newly married life is and whatnot, um, you know, people always expect, like, oh, it's so great, we're so happy, we're so happy that we get to spend the rest of our lives together, or whatever, but... um because of a lot of experiences I had earlier in life, I, a lot of my thoughts early on in marriage are actually very paranoid and anxious and scared about having like committed my rest of my life to one person, kind yeah. of. And I had been having those thoughts, but because society just expects all rose colored whatnot for marriage, like I hadn't really express those thoughts to anyone until I had started writing my monologue.
1: Wow, that's, an, that's really terrific. Thank you for sharing that. Would you say that it was an example of narrative healing, or were you re-traumatized? <laughs> um, I found it um,
4: pretty healing, and actually talking about it in rehearsal, kind of gave me um, the ability to also um, be more open about the feelings I have with my partner as well. So, it's been healing all around.
1: (laughs) Wow, thanks. Yari, what what was your experience? Can, Can I ask you to give our listeners a little bit of a trailer? What did you share that you really were kind of surprised that comes out in your monologue?
5: Um. I think de- uh, definitely the, and uh, my monologue is based um, a lot on this idea of consumption by the outside world, um, being trans, being black, being feminine. Um, so I, I speak a lot about, uh, especially in the beginning of my monologue, about catcalling. And, um, this idea of being, um, of having this inner battle between being affirmed by the catcalling, because the catcallers are usually saying, like, hey, mama, or hey, pretty lady, um, but also the other side of it being really dangerous um, with being trans, um, so I, I think I was super, um, kind of hesitant to share stuff like that because I believe in society, we, um, most of the time, especially with media, we don't see trans women as desirable or is not shown. Um, but it, it definitely is out there and there are definitely people who are attracted to us. Um, it's just how, um, they go about that attraction. So, um, sharing that story um, or sharing those stories, um, I think a lot of people in the cast were surprised um, about how intense it is about um, uh, really uh, navigating between those two worlds.
1: I love your honesty about the ambivalence of both sort of enjoying the attention and being frightened at the same time. I think those two things very, very often go together. Now, I wanted to ask, Yari, you and Nan, how difficult a cast do you think you were as the group? I mean, did Hannah have <laughs> a hands full with this group?
5: <laughs> I, I most yeah, definitely we did. This is my first time being in this kind of, um, of audition process. Um, we've had a number of auditions with different people. I really didn't see most of the cast until the day we were um, announced as a cast. But um, I definitely think they had a hard time because there were so many stories and so many different kinds of artists who brought so much to the table. So to narrow it down to just us was uh, incredible Mm -hmm. to me. I I was like, wow, they really nailed it here.
1: Well, how do you feel, Nan? Um,
4: I... I think this is an amazing cast, and I think Hannah did such a great job because one of the things that I, uh, I guess I learned about myself is that um, a lot of my friends um, were very excited to hear me, like, kind of dish about the cast, and, like, have really strong opinions about, like, some people, but I was like, no, I really <laughs> like this cast. <laughs> you know, it's bad to say about anybody, and that was such a crazy thing um, because, like, in, there are a lot of very strong characters in the performing arts world, but um, this cast just has been so wonderful to work with, and I, I'm, I was just really excited about even the friendships that I was able to form with these people.
1: This became this became a really powerful group, uh, Hanny. I know you used all these different techniques, and those in the theater world know them. But I'm just going to use one a- as a question to explain. I know, Hannah, you told me you used contact improv improvisation. Is that a yeah, technique? Yeah, I use that.
2: I use that more so in the first iteration of this uh, of the show. So I used that more so last year. Um, this time around, I've used a couple of different types of techniques, and some of them, one of them comes from uh, our assistant director. She has a little bit more experience in it, um, and I could liken that a little bit to contact improv, um, and the technique what? is called frantic assembly.
1: Okay, well, and what does it mean? What did you have the cast to do? So
2: the idea is with frantic assembly work, uh, it's highly physical. So it's very similar to contact improvisation in that kind of way. And there are ways, like there's a lot of contact between the performers. Um, And one of like the very very simple exercises that the assistant director led. Uh, she had the actors get into pairs, and we explored um, the idea of intimacy and touch and how different ki- there can be totally different kinds of intimacy, and usually we think that sex is probably the most intimate thing that we could possibly do, but sometimes sex can be deeply not intimate, and just somebody touching someone's shoulder could be very intimate. Um, so basically what we played with, we created a sequence sequence, from the frantic assembly technique, so each performer would come up with three movements uh, by moving the other performer with, with their hands, um, and they'd be sitting directly next to each other, and they wouldn't be looking at each other in the eye, um, and then they would do three rounds of three and create three sets of movements, um, and then increasingly get it to flow more, as a physical sequence and then we added on the layer of saying okay do the sequence this time and do it with an intimate kind of touch and you know discuss and decide on a relationship that you two have between each other and see what happens and then see what happens when you have a relationship that's not intimate at all and we could see the difference in, in touch and intent
1: you know, I think we should use this in offices, marriages, classes. It sounds fabulous. <laughs> and it's but what it, what it really, to me, it fits right in with Rachel's challenge that we, we give this centrality of importance to sex, but that's not necessarily intimacy, and it's certainly, as you say, not the only way. So many other ways are overlooked, and the idea that there would be touch that would bring the stories out and the connection fits right in with the theme. Uh, Absolutely. Nan and um, Yari, did you find that to be a valuable technique?
5: Um, Most definitely. Um, Not only in the sense of as an actor, but like emotionally giving your whole self to another person to explore different parts of yourself. I think it's very interesting. Um, I I think as, people living in New York, we tend to really hold to ourselves and to mm-hmm. let somebody else really move us. And saying that figuratively and symbolically, um, to move us is it's a hard task, but it's a very therapeutic task. And I think with doing these exercises, it really got the cast uh, closer together in, in ways that I think you wouldn't get close with some of your friends. So I think it's very interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Sounds so interesting. Um, let me ask you, the show, does the show actually highlight, I know a few of you wrote about this, the intersection between the personal and the political. What does that mean? I know it's been mentioned in connection with this show. What what does it mean to you, Nan? What does it mean to you, Yari, Haina? Um, so I would say that It
2: definitely, both of them are deeply tied together. I mean, you know, as Yari said before, her experience as a black trans woman, I think those two things end up intersecting a lot. I mean, we see in politics today how there is a lot of oppression um, from just having that kind of identity, and the oppression comes from outside. It comes from um, our government. Um, So that's one example I can take off the top of my head, and Yari, feel free to expand on that.
5: Um, most definitely, I I think it's navigating between the two and seeing the intersectionality and living the intersectionality between those two, um, because you're getting these norms or you're getting these restrictions from government, from the patriarchy, from what just society expects of you. So, like, um, Hannah said, like, having the identity as black, as trans, as someone who identifies as fat, um it definitely ties in with, um, with sex as well. Um, pleasure and politics, um, um, who's desirable or what's desirable and how do you, um, navigate through life and how do you, um, become successful and what does success mean with being a black trans and fat, let's say. Um, so definitely, I think that's where, um, those two, um, those two worlds kind of collide or intersect I guess
1: if you say Mm. you know we're going to have to go ahead Nan yes oh
4: I was just thinking along those lines and Rachel kind of mentions it in her book that like a lot of just being yourself is a very political act um Mm -hmm. and being yourself in um a way where you don't subscribe to what normal means and Mm. um that in and of itself is, like, going against the patriarchy and being political.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're just about out of time, but I'm going to come back on the other side of this and ask you, Nam. I've been thinking about when people are partners, in this case you got married, um, does mm-hmm. that mean we have a clash of definitions of sexuality and cultural myths so be thinking about that you've been listening to psych up live we're lucky enough to be here with the director and cast members of the new show um, the sex myth a devised play it's opening in august august 16th in new york at the here theater it's based on the book by rachel hills the sex myth stay with us we have more to talk about
0: Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you finding your frequency? on Voice America Variety.
3: Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with host Thomas Rosenberg. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as Thomas speaks with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now, back to Psych Up Live.
1: Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We are lucky enough to be here with the director and some of the cast from the new play, The Sex Myth, A Devised Play. And I was just speaking to um, Hannah, Nan, and Yari about a question that I've been thinking about, which is when people decide to marry or become partners in some sort of more um, permanent way, I wondered, do we end up with a clash of cultural myths that each of them bring in their pocket, how does a couple resolve that, do they even get spoken about, We, I, I sometimes say, couples would rather hook up married couples than talk about the fact there's a problem, God forbid we talk about sex, so... Um, I wondered, you're the recently married one, and I was wondering what you thought about it.
4: Um, Yeah, I definitely experienced that. Um, One of the things that we talk about constantly is, so my partner is, like, from Ohio, like a Midwestern, like, all-American family, and I'm from Japan with very... (laughs) Japanese parents and like those ideas and um, the way we express love to each other and want love to be love and intimacy to be expressed to each other were slightly different. So like he was much more um, about touching and actions and just showing, showing love. And I come from a background where if you feel something, you have to say it. So I I always voice my feelings, like, I love you, you look good today, whatnot. So if he wasn't talking, I'd be like, why don't you talk to me? Um, Why don't you say things to me? And then he's like, you're not loving me because you're just talking and not showing. Um, So there was definitely that that clash. But I actually think, um, it was really because of this rehearsal process and learning about different kinds of intimacy and getting to explore different kinds of intimacies and how each of them were okay and how it's also okay, to, and okay and important to communicate with the people that you're having these relationships with. So he really, um, encouraged me to be communicative and ask questions of my partner Um, of how they want love to be expressed and to be more conscious of um, my actions because, like you said earlier, I used to be the person who would rather avoid that confrontation. Mm. Um,
1: So you really took some of the, the gains and the changes that happened as a result of participating in this show, mm-hmm. you took them home. That's a terrific thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that I wanted to ask all of you is when, when you actually wrote your monologues, did you get inspired more by actually sitting down and thinking and writing it, or did you get more inspired by hearing the monologues of the rest of the cast?
5: I think the development of the monologues I was inspired um, by the cast, but I think in the beginning, initially, um, I think it was sitting and thinking uh, about like what's a good time you know, what's a what's a good topic to talk about. Um, I think um, my monologue topics have changed a lot until I got to like the the. Um, the grit of what I wanted to speak about. Uh, Hannah had us do a lot of, like, um, free-writing kind of um, exercises to, you know, just see where we wanted to, what what direction we wanted to go into. And we did those, and I had one that was solid, and then probably, like, a day after, I was like, I'm going to change the whole thing. (laughs)
1: um, That's great. That's great. (laughs) um,
5: But, yes, I definitely think that um, being around people who are inspired... um, who are who are or inspiring? Um, definitely wants you. To, uh, definitely makes you want to, you know, give the most authentic story, um, put in the most authentic details, um, because you're safe with them. You're you're safe with the cast. You're 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 able to be vulnerable because you know it's it's going to be for this great picture for this great um, production.
1: So. Mm. Um, Hannah, I wanted thank you. Hannah, I wanted to ask you when we spoke originally. I think we, this this idea came up that the show remakes itself with each performance, and I wondered for those of us coming as your audience, um, what does that mean? Um, Well, with each production, uh, and this production is
2: completely different from the previous iterations that I worked on, because they were with a cast um, of students who attended Northeastern, um, there were a complete different set of stories. So based on each cast, um, you'll have a different experience and a different outlook and lens into the different communities that you're, you'll be learning about. So when I was working on the iteration at Northeastern University, a lot of it was about hookup culture on, on college campuses. And this time around, I think the stories, you know, these are people who live in New York or who have come to New York, and it's their experiences here. And it's not necessarily New York that defines it, but it's you know we have just so many different identities and voices and outlooks. Um, so it's it's really incredibly rich this time around.
1: Mm. And you know how they say that. We co-create every book we read and every movie we see because we let it wash through our own issues and our own gender. And I think, I imagine the audience is going to have that type of experience given the type of disclosure and honesty that you're all suggesting that you're reaching into to really send a message with. Now, I've read that you're going to do a talk back for each show. Yes. Okay, Okay, maybe you could tell, or I wanted you to define that for our listeners, and then I wanted to know what each of you feel about that.
2: Sure. Um, Well, I'm really excited about this talkback, because we do have special guests coming in um, who either I or Rachel will be interviewing. Um, And I find the talkback to be one of the most, like, really, really important parts of this production, because... One of the reasons that I created this piece and one of the reasons that I wanted to adapt Rachel's book into a devised piece was because I wanted to bring her conversation into a different medium. And... I think this production and these performances and monologues are going to be the catalyst for a conversation with these audience members. And it's the first step of performing them and sharing and being vulnerable, which is deeply powerful, but then to open it up and to also discuss it with the audience because they will be moved and they will be changed. And then our guests are pretty exciting. Um, the opening night, we have Rachel, which will be great. Um, and then the 17th, we have Jennifer Posner, who's the founder and director of Women in Media and News, which is an advocacy group. And then on the 18th, we have Emma Solkowitz, who's an artist known for her mattress performance. Um, And then 19th, we have Zahira Kelly. She's a writer, an artist, an award-winning sociocultural critic. And then on the 20th, we have Byron Cole, who's the host of Future of Sex, which is a project that explores connections between sex and technology. So not only will we have the performance and the audience kind of getting together, but we'll also have some pretty incredible speakers coming in um, and sharing their different points of view as well.
1: Okay, I'm going to go back to our cast, but before I do that, because listeners are probably wondering, how would people get tickets for the show? What's the website? Sure. So, uh, the website is here.org
2: slash shows slash details slash 1916, and that's where they will be able to find tickets to buy online.
1: Right, and when she says here.com, it's H-E-R-E. Uh, yes. And there, and there you'll see um, the show and the availability yes. of the tickets. Um, now, yes. also, let me ask. You know, I've read all kinds of things about talkbacks. Some people love them. Some don't. Uh, Nan and Yari, how are you feeling about by the end of the show getting involved with your audience and your speaker, your your guest?
4: Um, I'm really excited for the talkbacks of this show. I. I usually don't really like talkbacks um, because I like to um, kind of digest whatever I see on my own. But Uh for this show in particular, I think because um, all these ideas that we throw out during the production um, kind of really encourage a conversation more than just self-reflection. And I would... I'm very excited to see how the audience um, interacts with the piece.
1: Okay. How about you,
4: Yari?
5: Um, I'm super excited about it. I think it's going to be a great platform to open those conversations. Um, I think what's unique about this cast um, compared to the other cast, I guess, is because we are, uh, uh, most of us, most of our cast is speaking about going against the norms. And I think that will kind of be an eye opener for some people to have that moment of, wow, I didn't know this existed, or I didn't know mm-hmm. this, could, this, ha- uh, this happens. So I think they'll, will definitely have questions and this will create the opportunity to get those answered and create more awareness around different identities that are either marginalized or not as public, um, as most of, I guess, society's hookup culture is.
1: Yeah, the opportunities yeah. are just going to keep unfolding. It's really a wonderful show and a wonderful message. Let me ask you, um, each of you, to let our listeners hear what your website is if they wanted to read more about you, follow your own material. How would they reach you, Hannah? Um, well, my website is
2: com. so it's H-A-N-N-E-L-I-I-S-Larsen, L-A-R-S-E-N.com, and there you can oh. see
4: my online portfolio.
1: Okay. How about you, Nan? Um,
4: I'm currently in the process of building my website, so I do not have one, but you can find me on Instagram at NyanChate, which is spelled N-Y-A-N-D-H-A-T-T-E. So, you can find me on Instagram.
1: Okay.
5: And, and
4: how about and you? And I'm Yari? a
5: social media person, too. So, um, all of my mm-hmm. handles are um, I am Yari Jones. So, I-A-M-J-A-R-I-J-O-N-E-S. And there you'll find everything from the articles to being a couple of magazines. So, you'll find everything there.
1: Well, I want to thank each of you, for coming on the show and for being in the show, The Sex Myth, A Devised Play. I think you've had an experience, and I I imagine our audiences are going to have an amazing experience seeing you in living color. And thank you mostly for sending out the message that Rachel started us off thinking, which is the privilege of Defining our own selves, our own sexuality, the dimensions we want to be defined by, and the way we want to connect with others. Thank you all for coming on the show.
2: Thank, Thank you. Thank
1: you, you guys for having us. Oh, my pleasure. I want to thank my listeners. Remember, you can hear this show and any prior show as a podcast. This will be a podcast by 6 p.m. Eastern. It'll be on my website. It'll be on the podcast app of your iPhones under Voice America Psych Up Live. It'll be on iTunes, Sketcher, and it will also be probably on the site of the Sex Myth of Devised play and on any of our participants' sites. Remember to drop me a comment or a question at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Mostly, until next week, please take care. Thanks and be listening.